Hey guys, welcome back to Ghosted Hunters. I'm Erin Darling. And I'm Ariel Kashanchi. And on today's episode, we will be joined by special guest David Keckner in a little bit. But before that, we have a special new little segment uh, slash experiment that we wanted to share with you guys. <laughs> yeah, a little something that we wanted to try and see how it went. And uh, it's all about sex transmutation. Which sounds weird and it sounds a lot more exciting than it is very true it's actually the opposite of exciting it is it's like tone down your excitement right um but to explain what this is basically we have a friend who's a fellow comedian that was telling me about sexual transmutation and it is in this book that's very popular self-help success book called think yeah think and grow rich by Napoleon Hill. And Napoleon Hill went around and did a bunch of interviews and basically talked to everyone that he considered to be successful at the time. And I think this was in the early 1900s or late 1800s. I think it was, yeah, I think it was earlier in the 1900s. It's a classic book. It's it's like, it's like the first really big self-help book that people use for business. Have you read it before? Uh, bits and pieces. I read the whole thing a really long time ago, but I didn't remember much about it. I don't remember sex transmutation, that's for sure. I Neither did I. I never about it until you mentioned it. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, so what happened was he interviewed all of these people and asked them how they became successful. And enough people mentioned harnessing their sexual energy or changing their sexual patterns for it to be an entire chapter in this book. So this self-help interview collection book has an entire segment completely dedicated to the idea that we can be more successful or harness our sexual energy via sex transmutation. Now, I've been practicing this for a long time, but I just called it giving up. I didn't know I was harnessing my sexual energy. Wait, you call it giving up? So you, you're saying, that, okay, so part of this, <laughs> you guys, is that you can't masturbate either. So what you're saying, Aaron, is that you... Yes, I went through a period of celibacy last year because I felt that I had, you know, a complicated relationship with love and sex. And I also was trying to focus on what I really wanted, which at the time wasn't a boyfriend and I guess still isn't a boyfriend. But, you know, I was just trying to focus like primarily on getting stuff done, furthering my career, et cetera, et cetera. And yeah, I didn't even know I was practicing sex transmutation. And how did it go back then? It was okay. I was still dating, just wasn't having sex. Okay. Which was kind of weird, but also a cool experience. Were you not masturbating? I was masturbating. Okay. All right. So you didn't really do sex transmutation because part of that is no masturbation. Well, that's the part that we made up. I don't, the book, I don't think mentions that. The book kind of talks more about people that, it seems like it's an element of charisma, like channeling your sexuality. And also... It mentioned something about how a lot of men are not successful till their 40s and 50s because they spend all this time in their 20s and their 30s chasing vagina. Yeah. And so I think the point of sexual transmutation is a combination of not spending time on dating people that are most likely just going to disappoint you or ghost you. <laughs> and then also, I think there's an element of using that that energy, using that life force that we are just giving away to people all willy-nilly sexually um, and using that as part of your charisma, your basically your energy exchange. 
So with if, other people. If sex transmutation doesn't include masturbation, I've been doing it all year. I mean, I've <laughs> probably had sex three times this year. Right. If that. And uh, we decided that we should do a sex transmutation journal. That we should go ahead and try this for ourselves and see if we can harness our sexual energy and not masturbate and not have sex for a week. That was our goal. That was our goal, and we wrote about it every day and decided we wanted to read this on the next epilogue of the podcast, which would be what we're doing right now. So um, are you ready? We've never read each other's journals, by the way. This will be the All first right. time that we even see what the other person experienced because we also didn't really talk about it too much. No, we were trying to surprise each other. But uh, I'm really excited to see what you have to say, Ariel. Oh, I have, I have some things to say. Okay. You want me to start? Are you going to read your whole journal and then like I'll react as you read it and then I'll read mine? Okay. Okay, let's start with Ariel's. All right. Okay. So this is my sex transmutation journal. Day one, I really want to masturbate. <laughs> I'm stoned and I'm hot. Why was I made so hot? It's not fair. Too hot to even get hit on. Mostly hot to myself. But I have great taste. This is really hard. My vagina and I are already strangers, like two people who shared a weekend together in their 20s where we were soulmates and then 15 years later saw each other at Whole Foods, accidentally made eye contact, and still refused to acknowledge each other. Or like a common knowledge bit of history that's been debunked repeatedly in a Michael Moore documentary. <laughs> it's a sad, sad situation. <gasps> And it's getting more and more absurd. Wow. I know. I was very, I mean. <laughs> That's the, poetic. I mean, the other, I mean, it's, it's really, um, it's lyrics from a song. <laughs> you it's and a, your vagina felt that estranged immediately? We did. We did. It was very, it was not. And then, so, but then day two. This is hard, but I've managed to tire myself. But <laughs> I am still too hot for this. Day three. This was unexpected. I went on a first date with someone I marginally like this evening and for some reason decided to have sex with him. <gasps> yes. Has sex transmutation hindered my judgment? This is a guy who wears multiple man bracelets. Also, <laughs> the first time I've ever had sex on a first date. Oh my God. So perhaps this project has turned me into a horny teenager. What? Wait, yes. are we going to address this now or am I going to let you get no, through your let's journal? Address it, yes. Okay. Ariel, what? So during our week of sex transmutation of of no sexual yes. energy being released, yes. you had sex with someone yes. and a one night yes. stand no less? Yes. Yes. I cannot believe it myself. I I I <laughs> because like I said, I have sex maybe a few times a year. I just it's and I'm I'm mostly selective. Like I like to um, Yeah, I know. You know, I like to date the person and I I'm not really like I'm a little too old for random hookups in my mind. And so this was really like um out, out of, of character. character. Yeah. Yeah. Wow, how do you feel about it? I mean, uh I I feel pretty indifferent. Like I I mean <laughs> oh my All gosh. right, let me go to the next day. Okay, okay. What happened the next day? Day 4. 
since the dam is already broken. Oh my god. I invited multiple bracelet guy over for seconds. No! After which I immediately kicked him out. At least it hasn't completely changed me as a person. (laughs) So you had sex again? Yes, we had sex once more. Yeah. My god. Day five. Multi-bracelet wants to go on another date, but he wants me to take him to dinner. Obviously, I'll never see him again. I mean, he was really, he wanted to date. And I was like, all right, maybe I'll give it a, uh, maybe he's a decent guy. And then wanting me to take him to dinner. And he wanted to go to Red Lobster, which it's like, I get being ironic, but blah. Well. Like, like, I mean, I was like, okay, if this is what it's going to be in the beginning it's only going to go downhill from here. I would have sex with someone for the biscuits at Red Lobster. I've I said it before. I will say it again. But it's a lot less sexy when you're buying the biscuits. Yes, I'm confused why he wanted you to take him out on a date. He was very, throughout this brief courtship, he was very adamant that I contribute as much as he does. Like, he kept trying to get me to... He was like, next time my place. I'm like, no, I'm not going to your place. And this and that. And there was a lot of, like, you got to put some effort in. And I'm like, we just met. This is not a relationship. Settle down. I should not have had sex with you. This is why I don't have sex with people right away. Because it creates this intimacy that's not there. That's exactly why I stopped having sex last year. That's why I did my celibacy thing. Because... Of the exact same reason. I just felt that it creates like a bond or something. Like yes, you yes. are way more familiar with me than than we actually yes, are. You know what yes, I mean? And so exactly. why... I didn't like that either. No, no. Yeah, I learned my lesson about that. And the word that you used before was courtship. You know, like I do still kind of believe in that. I think if the guy wants to see you, he's asking you out, he's asking for your time, he can pay for the drinks. Yes. It's yeah. The least he can do is treat me <laughs> to some... Chain restaurant lobster. <laughs> like, come on. Oh, my God. It's like, it's, and, all right, I mean, I, I'm going off on a tangent. Okay. But, okay. Day six. Back to my old ways and back to making rational decisions like not having sex with someone I can't stand being around. <laughs> then we go to day seven. Why am I still even journaling? I clearly fell off the wagon and had no intention of getting back on. Will I try this experiment again? Probably not. (laughs) If sex transmutation clouds my judgment to the point where I suddenly feel compelled to have coital relations with someone who wears man jewelry, it's clearly not for me. Wow. That was my conclusion. Okay, so you decided that sex transmutation is not effective. <laughs> it's not for me. No, no, it's not. I don't think it's going to work. It's uh, It turned me into uh, a horny teenage boy, really. I mean... So you think that not masturbating for the two days prior to going on this date with multiple bracelet guy somehow influenced you to have sex with him? I think twice. That, that and the fact that I had said I wouldn't have sex with anyone, I think that got... I mean, it, what's funny is that, like, throughout the course of the year, I had almost no opportunities to have sex with anyone. And then here it is. I try sex transmutation, and all of us, lo and behold, I am... Having sex on a first date with a guy who wears 
bracelets. And then inviting him over bracelets. the next day. And then day. inviting him over the next day for second. I mean, like I said, the dam was broken. I might as well. Wow. Yeah. Are you one of those people that, like, once you eat one bad thing, you're like, I'm going to eat all the bad things. I'm off the diet. Uh, no. I will have, like, a bowl of ice cream, and then I'll move on. Wow. Because then I'll feel disgusting. Good for you. Yes, I'm it, not that person. I'm oh, like, really? I'm ready for french fries and pizza. If I'm going to be bad today, I'm going to be bad. Yeah. <laughs> I I mean, I guess I, I could have kept going with this guy, but it would have been really bad. He was annoying. Have you guys spoken since? No, I just stopped responding to him when he kept, like, demanding that I put more effort in. I'm like, this is, this is just, we just met. Settle down. And so he was part of my sex transmutation experiment, and um, I don't even remember his name. Oh, I do now. Yes, I remember his name. It's not worth saying. Okay. Um, can we add in that... On our first date, um, so Aaron and I were working together earlier in the day, and I said to her, I'm going on a date at this place at this time, and she was going on a date at the same time and the same place. That is true. And so, and both were first dates, and we decided not to tell our dates that we knew that we would be... <laughs> at the same location that is true pretended to be surprised when we ran into each other but a very pleasant pretend surprise it was great it ended up being like a double date uh, my date really wants to be friends with yours <laughs> which is hilarious because you want nothing to do with it yeah, now I, i'm like good i'm like go go ahead go be merry have have friends Make friends, whatever. I and don't know. I'm going on a second date with that guy this weekend. Oh, you are? Yeah, we were supposed to go on one last weekend, but it didn't end up working out. Okay. Yeah. So there was a love connection? Um, I don't know about a love connection. Um, more like casual dating. We'll see what happens. Okay. Yeah. Okay. He's a nice person. He was nice. I liked him. I liked him too. I liked him for you. Did you? What did you think of my date? I was surprised that you were out with him. Really? Yes, but also proud of you because I know you're like putting yourself out there. Yes. Um, with I thought he was very he's very nice, like very jovial, happy go lucky type of personality. He uh-huh. seems like he's not a big complainer, like not a you know what I mean. He seems like someone that can enjoy anything and is just like a have fun type like of a personality. Roll with the punches kind of guy. Which is why I'm so surprised that he was annoying and insistent yeah. that you take him to Red Lobster. It's just so... It's just weird. It's, like, it's, so weird. And it's, it's like, two different personalities. He had his, like, social personality, and then he has his real personality. The social personality was fun, and then when I got to know him, I was like, oh, this guy, he's really got... Like, it's almost like he brought baggage into the whole thing. Yeah. Where he's like, okay, another girl took advantage of me, so this one will, too. Right. And isn't it so much more satisfying if, like, you if you went out on a second date and you just, you know, offered to pay because you wanted to? Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. That, I mean, I was like, this is just, this doesn't need to go any further. Yeah. Also, he was lucky to be on a date with you. Thank you. Yes. Yeah. He was really um, not the usual kind of guy that I would date. Right. But... In the spirit of being open-minded, are we gonna are we gonna talk about how how he made you feel? Oh, that's right. Okay, yes. Okay, Th- this is another thing where I was like, this is so weird. So <laughs> he kept saying, and the first time we had met before our date, he was like, "You're exactly my type," 
which I thought was strange. And then on the date, he kept saying it. And I was like, do you understand that you're fetishizing me? And he's like, no, I'm not. I just like girls who look like you. And I'm like, well, that's, that's what a fetish is. It's like, you don't know me, but you've already decided that you like me. And, and, and then, you know, and then he was protesting, but it was, it was clear that he decided that because I look a certain way that, you know, I, I, I check all these boxes that he's into me. Right. And that made you, okay. Then my question is, so the fact that he said you're exactly my type, Mm -hmm. was that offensive to you? Because what if he had just said, I think you're really beautiful. That would have been a lot more flattering. So the fact that he used the word type. Yes. Really? Yeah. Okay. Well, for starters, I don't subscribe to having a type. They're going through a checklist in their mind because someone who their type also has a certain kind of personality. So mm-hmm. they're not wanting to get to know me as a person. They're wanting to see how much I fit into those boxes. Hmm. And then if I don't, they're going to project it onto me anyway. So it's like he doesn't necessarily want to get to know me. He just wants me to fulfill his fantasy of, you know, a, a Persian girl or Middle Eastern, whatever it is, whatever his type is that I happen to be. It was gross. It was like off-putting. Yeah. So that was, you know, but I still had sex with him. So I really. You made his dreams come true. I guess so. Yeah. (laughs) For one, for one and a half nights. Oh my gosh. (laughs) One and a half nights. Let's hear your, sorry. Okay. Okay. Uh, My journal. Let's, let's go. Let's read mine. Okay. Sex transmutation journal. Day one. I woke up. And thought about masturbating, but said to myself, put it in your pants, Erin. And instead, I thought about all the things I had to do that day. So I got stressed out to the point where I no longer wanted to masturbate. Oh, okay. You psyched yourself out. I did. Okay. Yeah. Day two. Oops. Already? Yeah. Oh my God, you're worse than I am. This is amazing. I lasted one day. Okay. We tried. I got back on the horse though. Okay, day three. Okay. The worst part about sexual transmutation is doing this journal. Went on a first date. Went home alone. Was very well behaved. Day four. Does making out count? (laughs) Day five. Feeling pretty good today until I listened to a podcast that actually encouraged me to masturbate my goals and intentions into my body. I don't know if I'm into that, but FYI, I didn't try it. Basket. Two points. I listened to that same podcast. That's our friend Dana Moon's podcast. Yes. Superficial magic. Superficial magic. I was like, wow, that sounds too intense for me. I'm not going to do it. Oh, I tried it. Day six, ready for this challenge to be over. (laughs) Day seven, wow, even though I cheated on this challenge, that was harder than I thought. So now you're saying that you had one day off the wagon. I had one day off the wagon. And the other six, you were following the... I did pretty well. Okay. Yeah. All right. Mm-hmm. And do you feel like a different person? No. Do you feel like this was effective in any way? Um, not really. Me 
maybe it's a little antiquated, you know? Like, back in the day when Napoleon Hill wrote the book, maybe people were, you know, <laughs> they didn't they didn't have the internet. They didn't have um, technology helping them organize their shit and be productive. It's, you know... It's, right. Maybe. I don't know. But I will say this. I think if I had done it for longer and really committed to it, uh-huh. maybe I would feel differently. Okay. If Maybe if we had done this for three weeks, maybe at the end of that. I don't think we gave it enough time, yeah, and we both probably. failed right. at we this did. challenge. We did. So I think with a little more time, it might be a little bit better of an experiment. Um, and I also think there's something to limiting your sexual transactions to people that you really care about. And I think that's what we both learned during this yeah. experiment yes. because, I mean, obviously masturbation is fine because we love ourselves. Yes. But, you know, with this guy that you went on a date with. I mean. I mean, it didn't make you feel great. No. History does not need to repeat itself. Right. Never again. Never and again. my day two was with Metal Dick, who uh, I broke up with yes. and then got back together yes. with. And that I mean, didn't really make me feel great either. Nope. So I think... Maybe it's about controlling your emotional state because we're so emotionally connected to sex. Yes, we are. Yeah, we are. Maybe that's what they meant. Maybe, yeah, I think so. I think it's just, I think it's, yeah, I, I don't think they discourage masturbation. <laughs> I think we just basically stole a line from Seinfeld. Well, I think we both assumed that we were not going to have sex for that week. So right. to actually do this challenge, we had to make it about masturbation. Yes. And then we both had sex. Yes, yes, we did. So, in conclusion... I don't ever need to do this again. Never need to do this again. We'll find another experiment. You guys suggest experiments for us. If you have something that you think we should try, we're open-minded. Dating, sex relationship related. As long as it's not weird or hurting other people. Yes, I mean, a little weird is fine, but we don't want to hurt anyone or ourselves. Yeah, maybe we'll do another challenge. Or maybe, you know, if anyone else out there has tried this sex transmutation thing, like giving it a legitimate shot, maybe we can uh, talk to them. And have them on our yes. next epilogue We'd or something briefly. We would yes. love to, to talk to you guys. We're going to transition and go to our uh, interview and conversation with David Keckner. Welcome back to Ghosted Hunters. Today we have a very special guest. You've seen him on Anchorman, The Office, David Keckner. Hello, gang. How are you? Hello. Thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you for having me. I'm flattered. We're very excited to discuss the episodes that have just happened in the saga of Candyland. Mm -hmm. Which you just listened to. I did. And what are your thoughts right off the bat? I'm nervous for Candy, of course. Um, I've got three daughters. Okay. So, I mean, just thinking about dating makes me a little bit nervous. Um, Anxious, I guess. Um... And so hearing anybody in a distressful relationship, look, I know what I'm, I'm, my life's going to be eventually. Everyone gets their heart broken, right? There's no growth without suffering. So we all go through this. My, son's, my son uh, had his first girlfriend this year. He's a seventh grader. Pardon me, I just burped. We all heard it. Um, <laughs> I'm, I'm drinking sparkling water, so. Um, so he, uh, he, he, his girlfriend had to break up with him because they were spending too much time on, I think, FaceTime at night together and sure her studies were lacking so her mom said that's enough 
they'd gone to a couple carnivals together, always supervised. He threw up once on a, on a ride. So my interaction with dating is about that. And then she broke up with him, but he had a tiny cry. But, but within an hour, he's like, I'm fine. Like, okay, good, 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 good. Wait, that was it? Yeah, that was it. That's a pretty good breakup. And the thing is, he's a very sensitive kid, too. And he has a twin sister, Audrey, who was more worried about the whole thing. Because the girlfriend called Audrey first to tell uh, her that, listen, I'm going to be breaking up with Sergeant later. So Audrey was really nervous. And uh, it's interesting. I'd just taken Audrey to a movie that night because I'd been out of town touring. So I was trying to spend special time with each one of the kids, you know, because I had to go back on out on the road again. And uh, so I just wanted to make sure I had hours, just them and I, each kid and myself. And uh, so Audrey and I went to see Eighth Grade. Have you seen that movie? The Bo no, Burnham movie? No, well, It's very touching. It's about the really the, the trials and tribulations of being an eighth grade girl. And Audrey's in seventh grade, so... So now she knows what to expect. Well, it's not going to be tough for her. She happens to be fierce. I'll oh. tell you another quick story. Okay. About Audrey and her fierceness. Um, two things. So Audrey and Sergeant go to, to school together, and I found out in third grade that when they were in kindergarten, Audrey unpacked Sergeant's backpack every day at school. And then um, this year there's a new boy in school. I don't know his name. Seventh grade. And apparently he's a mean boy. And he was being mean to several people. And then he was mean to Sergeant. <laughs> and that was it. Audrey went and just sat him down and I guess went off on him. And told him, nobody likes you and you better stop it or I'm going to tell no one to talk to you. And he was just like, oh my gosh, I'll try. I'm so sorry. That's amazing. I know. It's and, like a built-in bodyguard. Right? And it's supposed to be the other way. Yeah. I've always told Sergeant, nobody messes with your sister. Ever. 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 And uh, he's okay, Dad. And uh, I don't know. Um, so anyway, this kid apparently came up to Audrey a couple days later and said, how am I doing? Should I get better? And so she said something else like, okay, so is everything all right? She goes, and then she walked away. Talk about just taking the power. Just walked so, away. She's like, goodbye. Anyway, I thought uh, that Sergeant will either be uh, a bachelor for life or the greatest husband ever made. One of the two. One of the two. I'm sure he'll be a great husband. I think so. Or a bachelor for life. Yeah. I Uh, mean, why not? So anyway, we're talking about this episode with Candy, Craig, and Chris. All hard consonants. uh, Spelt in surprising ways. (laughs) um, With surprising vowels here and there. And uh, so what are we getting into here then? Well, Well, I mean, let's talk about... Let's start with Well, I think one of candy. the big themes in this episode is dishonesty when you're with mm-hmm. someone, you know? Like, obviously, she was kind of still involved with her ex. Sure. And she was, you know, dipping her toe back in the dating pool, which is fine. Am I, I don't think there's anything wrong with that. But at what point yeah. do you have to disclose that information? Right away. You know? I just got out of a relationship. You think so? You think you got to tell the person you're seeing like ASAP? Because I feel like is it a first date? Did they have more than one date? They've had they had a couple. They've had a few dates. Well, I think I think it's just you're better off just saying it right away. Like just saying like, hey, it's complicated. Well, and they were they were kind of friends beforehand. Oh, so he was a receptionist at his at his voiceover agent's office. Oh, so he knew that she had a boyfriend. No. They yes, never... yes. He knew that she had a boyfriend in the beginning. Okay. And he knew that she had this really cool lifestyle with the boyfriend because he owns hotels. And um, th- so he tried to kind of 
befriend her knowing that with the assumption that every relationship ends and the second it ends, he would swoop in. Uh And so he would invite her to shows and they had kind of a budding friendship. So she came out to her shows uh, uh, regularly or she came out to a few shows. Yeah. Yeah. And then the second she was single, Chris. Oh, she came to shows made uh, his way in while she was still dating. Yes. Okay. Yes. So that it was like a, it was building and then, so they kind of knew each other. Okay. She was single probably for a shorter time than she admitted. Uh-huh. It sounds like according to Craig, it was two weeks. There we go. But two weeks. to me, it sounds like their relationship is rocky yeah. and tumultuous. Yeah. It's like one of those dysfunctional and relationships. together, not together. It's mm-hmm. the constant cycle of that. And I think that's kind of unfair to bring someone into that hurricane. Well, that's where a boy has to be mindful and say, this is not a situation I want to be part of unless I like drama. Yeah. Do you think a lot of guys like drama? Uh, no, but they don't. I, I think they don't go in with their eyes open. Yes. They sadly go in with their hands willing. That's, that's, <laughs> that's boys. True. That's it's just true. boys. And you girls know it. And you're like, oh, really? So really? Look at me. I'm up here. All that stuff, right? Yeah. And we hope things are changing in the current environment. It might take a while. And right now they're bucking against it. You yeah. know that what bullshit of like, oh, what a The minute. witch hunt. Oh, so I can't do anything? You know what? No, you can't. You can't. You can't do anything. Not until she says so. So just take it effing easy. Right? It's mm-hmm. really that simple. Yeah. And also talk to women as if they're fellow human beings. Right. That's, Have no expectations. Yeah. Yeah. That's kind of what brings everything down. Do you think this whole Me Too movement is uh, freaking people out? Like freaking I hope so. men out? I hope so. Yeah. In a good way. People that decry... Uh, um, Political correctness. I mean, look, this, this is all on the side of progressivism, in my mind. And that always wins. That always wins. It should. And so people are trying to drag it back to the dark ages. And it's not going back. It mm-hmm. might temporarily be, you know, might fall out of the wagon. And then you have to crawl back onto it and to, to move back up the hill and, you know, over to the promised land. Well, that, that's really an extended metaphor. <laughs> but, um, you know... Yeah, once you move ahead, you usually don't go back. I mean, although we're dangerously close to possibly overturning Roe v. Wade. I never thought mm-hmm. that would ever, ever happen. Yeah. But um, anyway, so just vote. I guess that's the point of this episode. Now, let's get back to... <laughs> back to I'm, f- I'm far afield of what we're doing. Uh, I don't know. Guys, you got to keep your eyes open going into a relationship. And you, I think um, their desires, their... Um, Genetic desires, because uh, men are just programmed differently. Yeah, they can't. They can't help it. It's always been a puzzle to me, like why a man still has the urge to mate way past a woman's desire to have children. Do you know what I'm saying? Yeah, I guess biologically that is a little bit yeah. confusing. A little weird. A little weird. That I mean, a that you could keep having children because I mean, someone says, "Well, you might. You always need kids." Well, there's always a young boy. So. Anyway, I'm not sure why they designed these robots this way. <laughs> it's very men are from Mars. Yeah, sadly. We do function differently. Absolutely. And I think that men are very ego-driven. Women are too, but more so men. Uh, it's probably a survival instinct. I guess so. Yeah. Uh, to, if I challenge you, can you go kill that bear or that deer? And you say, I don't care. Why don't we just try and lure it here? It's like, well, you're, you're going to starve. I would, I would kill the, the bear. You would kill it? 
yeah. to win a competition. Yeah, sure. Oh, not no, no competition. To, no, to no, live. it's for meat. Oh, to live. If we need yeah, yeah, I'm talking oh, about. I I'm talking bear. about evolution. I mean, <laughs> we need protein. I this was a we dare. can't live oh, off no. of berries and nuts. Yeah. No, the, the thing is, for me, it all comes back to survival of the species. That's why we act right. the way we act. So I think we're all programmed to do certain things certain ways. So it's not men are from Mars, women are from Venus. It's programming. It's genetic programming. If your job is to do this, your job is to do that. I think that's the basic follow through for me. So we're just supposed to keep the earth populated. Yes. That's, that's our disposition. Yeah. Your job at a certain point is like, I'm feeling I really want to carry babies right now. Yeah. Men never have that idea. I guess not. No. No. What, did you want kids? Yeah, I'm from a family of six kids. So is, my, so is my wife. I wanted a family. Okay. Yeah. Wait, you guys were both from families, from families of, of six yeah. kids? Mm-hmm. Wow. So we're well matched uh, genetically and chaotically. Just used to the tons of kids. Just a lot of That's noise. Lot of Both of my parents actually came from um, big sibling families as well. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, mine did too. Mm-hmm. Seven and five. It's weird because yeah. I, can, I can't imagine having more than two. Oh, God. Well, no. that's also, How do you have five children? Well, it's, I don't know how much time we have. Uh, my wife lost her uterus with her first child. She still had her ovaries. We created embryos and worked through them. Oh, wow. my That's the gosh. short version. That's amazing. I end my show with the whole story now. We went through it, and we've got five gorgeous kids that we love. Do you have a favorite? Ah, it changes. Do you tell them when one well, is I, your favorite? I tell, <laughs> no, I tell them all of them are my favorite at different points. Then I try to lord it over them. Oh, oh nice. That's you a great way to them against each kids. other. Yes, yeah. yes, lightly. Yeah, some competition. In a, in a fun, fun, funny way. So they, But they all do like, I'm your favorite, all right? <laughs> they all do that. <laughs> Everybody wants to be the favorite. Right. But favorite doesn't matter. I, I tell them it's more important that you're your favorite, not anyone else's favorite. Right? Isn't that better? It's very healthy. Which gets you're us back to favorite. Candy. Yes. Candy should be her favorite, and you don't need to always be with a boyfriend. I think it's healthy after you go through a relationship and you need to get out of it or whatever. The better strength to do is to be alone with yourself, feel your pain and suffering, and then grow from it as opposed to just latch on to the next fella that's conveniently waiting for you to possibly get back in a relationship. Because I, I don't know, personally, I think it's a bit confusing, isn't it? You haven't gone through whatever and, and, and maybe looked at what the problems that were in the relationship, because it's always about ourselves. The other person's not doing anything to you. No one's doing anything to you. It's you that's doing something to you. And the other person, you're attracted to each other by common pain, right? You both either have abandonment or neglect. It's one stronger than the other, so you're chemically attracted one way or the other on some type of plane, and you understand that vibration of pain, and then so you're together for a while, then you go, oh, wait a minute, that bothers me. It's the same thing that's bothering you yourself, not the other person. So, you know, it's all about getting along with yourself to get along with others. Love yourself first. I haven't given this any thought. What advice do you give your oldest? Um, Because he's out in the dating Dating world. Dating-wise? Yeah. If he told you right now, Dad, I want to, I, there's a girl I like, um, a classmate of mine, and she doesn't seem to be interested in me. What do I do? Uh, that hasn't happened to Charlie. Oh, okay. Charlie is six foot four and very handsome. Okay. Unlike his father. Six <laughs> foot two and a bit fat. Uh, so, so... 
Charlie has not had any um, complicate. Well, complications, yes, but um, he's been very fortunate. So his problems would be more like, I have two girls who are interested in me. How do I choose? I just say be respectful. Uh, whichever one of them takes care of your heart the best. How do you teach your son to be respectful? Oh, it's a conversation I had very early. Very, very early. So, you know, when he's 13, 14, you're first starting to, you know, find yourself uh, sexually. I had very frank conversations with him about how to use a condom. Uh, all the way down to inv I invited a, a woman who's a widow next door over and I demonstrated on her in front of Charlie how to use a condom. Oh, that must have gone well. <laughs> it's you know, a public you know, service. You know I'm kidding, right? I, I love mean, for a second both of you are like, is he being serious? Well, when you said widow, I thought, where is this going? <laughs> and then when you said I'm demonstrating a condom, I was like, I thought she? this is definitely a true story. <laughs> like how? <laughs> no, I, I I talked the whole thing with Charlie through about how to use one, how to make sure it's you know still intact after and. I felt so weird discussing anything sure. like that with my parents. I've had a very frank yeah, conversation never discussed anything. with uh, my daughter, too, about saying, look, no skin on skin ever, ever, uh -huh. ever, ever, unless this boy is willing to show you a blood test and go, look, I'm absolutely 100% clean. Because he doesn't know. Do you think your daughters would tell you, tell you? Do you think they'd talk to you about this kind of stuff? Or their mom, probably. Well, sure, with mom. But I had a very frank conversation with her saying, here's what you need to do when it comes time to uh, go another step, you know? No skin on skin ever. That means with your mouth, or his mouth, or your genitals, right? I mean, that is the that most is uncomfortable No, but that is, was it very, is very good advice, because good. here's the thing, like, we always are taught, you know, use condoms for, you know, regular intercourse, but, like, there's other ways to have sex. Yes. And like yeah. blowjobs, you are unprotected. You're yeah. so unprotected, and no one gives blowjobs with condoms. Yeah. No. Yeah. No, you should get tested. Sounds like to me it's just an HJ. Sorry, fellas. I wish I got advice like this growing up because mine was the complete opposite. You got no advice? I got no advice. My parents had an arranged marriage. Ah. My mother was a virgin. She had to bleed on a sheet to prove that oh, she no. was a virgin. I mean, it was very. What's my, your What's your background? I'm Persian. Yeah, yeah, they, 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 they all know I'm Persian. Yeah, but they, they they could be reminded. Um, my um, I was born in Iran. Okay, what and, year? Eighty three. Uh, after the revolution. After the revolution. Wow. Yeah, and we had to escape on horseback. Ah, your Your parents were not allies, but allied with the Shah. Uh, well. In line with the Shah. Not well. No, actually, communists. Oh, there was a good yeah, communist and, party and, there. And, and Jewish. Oh, okay. And so, Two you know, anti-Semitic country. Yeah. And then... And increasingly so right, at the time, yeah. time to go. Yeah, I mean, not that we were very Jewish, because, sure. you know, communists are not into Judaism. Right. But, um, yeah, so they don't really... They almost wanted me to have an arranged marriage. Sure. They, I mean, they would push for it before, and I was supposed to be a virgin until I got married. So I never had to talk Beyond what I learned in very, very high school. In, in American standards, super conservative. Yeah. In terms of that type of thing. Yeah, very conservative. Right. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, to me, it's like, why, you know, I, I just, to me, the conversation has to be matter of fact, not I'm going to sit you down. Now, we, we're, I was driving her to carpool, 
and it just occurred to me, I forget why, what spurred the conversation. Oh, you know what? It might have been <laughs> any myriad of things that were on the radio. This was probably six months ago. So whatever sex scandal was happening then, um, something spurred the conversation because I listen to the news far too much, but I can't help it. And um, so some, whatever happened then, uh, it spurred the conversation. I was like, oh, by the way. And I, may, I try to make it as, as matter of fact and by the way as possible. You know, listen, a boy is going to want to do things and blah, blah, blah. You know, I already said it. But mm-hmm. but if it's, you're, you're saying if it's more casual, it's an easier conversation oh, to have? Yeah, oh, yeah. yeah. There's, there's yeah. no way to, yeah, you don't want to make this uncomfortable. Yeah. It's almost like, hey, do this, do that, blah, blah, and don't do that. And you don't have to make eye contact if you're driving. Oh, right. So it's a lot less uncomfortable. <laughs> right. That's right. a great way to have uncomfortable conversations. Yeah. She was not horrified. I, I even said, are we clear? Do you have any questions? She's like, no. No, and she was just—I could see she was contemplating this, not horrified, almost relieved, like because that's a mystery to everybody at that age. Like, it what's, is. what's what's going? And, you know, luckily, she went to a school where there weren't a lot of interactions. Because I know these days in in grade school, there's a lot of interactions early. That just happens. Apparently. Interactions. I'm calling interactions because I'm trying to be, you know. In grade school, kids are hooking up. Oh yeah. What? what? I've heard of that? Oh, what do yeah. you? No, mean? I have not heard of this. How do they? What oh. do you mean? They're boys who are getting blowjobs. In, in grade, grade school? school? Yeah, you're upper grade. Middle school, I guess. You guys call it grade oh, okay. school. Okay. I well, get middle, middle school, school. yeah. Oh, so you're saying... To me, that's still grade school. Seventh to ninth grade? Yeah. Uh, how does this apply to candy? To candy. And Chris and Craig. Okay. We went a little far afield, yeah, didn't we? Yeah, we really did. We, we Are normally on this show, or are you just mostly on story? No. <laughs> okay, no, we go, we go all over the place. Right, I mean, good. you know, there's different directions it could go in now have you followed up on candy since then no, no. not with her no. no we we wanted to leave that alone so sure. that we uh, that don't like have a, craig coming after us it was a beehive again yeah 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 that was a mess you nearly got stung but i don't think you did no his reaction to it being a prank was so quick and immediate and then he got really he, it felt like it took a long time no what once he, once <laughs> well, the he, second once we he, told him there was a prank his yeah. whole demeanor changed yes and like then I can't believe. Now here's the thing: How would you know it was candy with a K, and he didn't think about it? Um, he said, "Wait, is this yeah, candy with a, a C or candy with a yeah. K?" He goes, "It's candy with a K." Oh, we're we're calling it candy with a C. He goes, "Oh, how would you know?" Well, I mean, we were just I know I making yeah. stuff yes, I know, up. I know you were, and he was so willing for this to go away. What do you think is in store for Craig and Candy's relationship? I don't see it getting better. I, I don't know much about it, but based on that conversation, it seems like he's in charge if he's looking at her phone and listening to her voicemails. Yeah, that's kind of invasive. That was a lot. That's a lot. To listen to voicemails. I so mean, it's one thing to one check thing, texts. One thing to check uh, who you're following on Instagram. or, or um, Even any, I think that's kind of yeah. uh, yeah, controlling. Like, yeah, it's, unless unless it's your child. What do I, I mean, honestly, it doesn't seem like it's built in heaven. They could probably use some counseling, both of them, it seems to me like. Um it's a Sid and Nancy undercurrent. But, but it also sounded like he takes care of her. Because I think he felt that she was in some way uh, in over her head with something. Interesting. Yeah, he did kind yeah. of. There's now a, that I think about it in yeah. that phone call, There's an he ownership, was kind of. very much stressing that he is a good guy. Yes. And I don't, that seemed a little defensive because we sure. never said you are a bad guy. Right. We didn't. He just willingly oh, made sure that we knew he's a good guy. It seems to me like Candy was way over her in over her head. 
with this. But she's also independent, though. I mean, she has a career. It seems like she's very proactive about, you know. You said she was a receptionist. She was a receptionist, but then she moved to another voiceover agency. She tried to poach Chris and bring him in for an audition as a client. So to me, that implies she'd moved up from receptionist to maybe a junior assistant or something like that. Um, So it seems like she has, like, a career path. She has stuff going on. I don't think she's, like, completely financially dependent on the boyfriend. I think she enjoys the lifestyle that he provides. Well, I guess the question is, was she still living at his house, or do they live together? We don't know. Ah, there's a lot of questions. So if she was living at his house, uh, I don't think it's time to start dating. Oh, definitely not. Yeah. What? What do you think is the takeaway or lesson? From Chris, uh, Chris is lucky that he didn't get deeper involved, more deeply involved. Dodged a huge bullet. Possibly, and yeah. I hope it's a learning lesson for him. Mm-hmm. You know, don't don't try to date someone who's dating. Right. Or, or your first conversation. No, though. Like, right. Uh, well, she ghosted him twice. So the first time she ghosted him. Um, he took her back immediately. No explanation. Oh, there you go. I think the lesson is, um, <laughs> don't give attractive people more leeway because they're attractive. That's because a good one. The whole time he was talking about how beautiful she was and how visually stunning this woman was. And I feel like he gave her more chances than she deserved considering how complicated it was because she was so hot. Yeah. I think judge people by what they do and how they make you feel, not by what they look like. And look at their patterns. I always think you should look at people's patterns. If someone's going to not take responsibility for doing something like that or just disappear. Has he tried to talk to her again after he goes through the second time? Yeah. So he's continuing to try pursue her. Well, I don't think he does anymore, but he did a couple times. Yeah. And she was not receptive. What do you think the lesson is, Ariel? Uh, I think it's look at people's patterns. Mm-hmm. People show you who they are from the beginning, and you either choose to accept it or right. pretend that it's not there or that it's cute. Mm-hmm. Eyes wide open, present time awareness. That's what you're saying. Yes, I like it. Yes. So, so David, are you um, you're touring right now, right? Uh, I've, I've got this month off. I just came back from uh, do, being out for three weeks. I'm hoping to shoot a special within the next couple of months. Uh, so as you know, to do that, you got to go out on the road and prove it. Yeah. Test it, prove it. So it's there. And I had another two gigs. I had to cancel this uh, this this we uh, sorry this month because of work, which is always welcome. So and clubs understand. Like oh, I've got work. You know, you don't. So, so where can people find your tour dates? Tour dates. Uh, they'll be on my website, davidkegner.com. Uh, my next uh, gig is Rochester. Um, and then it is Virginia Beach, and then oh Hartford, then Virginia Beach. Those are the next three coming up. Very cool. Well, uh, thanks again for joining us. You guys Pleasure. check out his tour dates. Uh, please go see him on the road, davidkechner.com, on his Instagram and Twitter, and then follow us if you're not already at Ghosted Hunters. We are on Instagram, and then uh, yeah, stay tuned for more. We're gonna be releasing new episodes Got some coming good up. Good Ghosted stories coming up. <laughs>